1: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. BDW for Void we prohibited by law. See terms and
3: conditions 18 plus.
0: So if you'd like to feel younger like you did in your 20s, call now to try ProGene risk-free and feel more power, performance, and passion with ProGene. Don't believe us? We'll even prove it works. Ask about our at-home testosterone test kits and see for yourself what ProGene can do for you. Call 1-800-694-5241 for details. With over 20 million tablets sold, you too can get back in the game with ProGene. That's 1-800-694-5241. Again, that's 1-800-694-5241.
4: You're on board KCAA's Inland Talk Express. KCAA, Homelinda, Melinda, 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind.
1: for Culture Shocks, with your host, Barry Lynn.
5: All right, welcome to Culture Shocks. This is Barry Lynn, and uh, it's nice to uh, have people come back on the show and chat again about their new projects, new ideas, and uh, we're joined today by Guy Harrison. We've chatted with him on a number of occasions today about his book, Race and Reality, what everyone should know about our biological diversity, race and reality. Guy, nice to have you back. Oh, thanks for having me. Very good to be back. Okay, so race, uh, it still may have some meaning, but it's really got meaning as a cultural term, not a biological one, right? Yeah,
6: absolutely. It's It's a huge misconception that most people have in America and around the world. They think that races are these unique and tidy categories based on biology that nature imposed on us, but that's not true. These are cultural categories that we made up.
5: I love this clever example you use in the beginning of the book when you say, you ask people, how many oceans are there in the world? And they struggle and they, well, what's down in Antarctica? And they maybe come up with a number, five or six. But the truth is, this is one ocean.
6: Yeah, absolutely. It's It's a thought experiment I use all the time when I talk to people about this. I say it's the same kind of thing. Five oceans is the correct answer but it's the correct cultural answer it's not nature's answer it's not the real answer the real answer is that we're a planet with one ocean we have one continuous body of salt water and the parallel is is perfect with the human species we're one continuous population of people with imaginary lines between us and labels that we've just slapped on ourselves and we come to think are real and true
5: how early did uh, anthropologists draw a distinction based on i assume appearance of skin tone because there's certainly lots of uh, old research that acts like race is a definable characteristic and the only way to define it is by skin tone
6: yeah, well, anthropology has has an interesting history in this whole question of race because, at first, they were the big proponents of race. You know, centuries ago, they were mm-hmm. uh, the scientists who studied humans, biology, culture, and they were the ones pushing this idea and really solidifying it in people's minds. But probably uh, the tide really shifted maybe in the 40s when a prominent anthropologist, Ashley Montague, started mm-hmm. Uh, really pushing the idea that that races are cultural con- that cultural construct, constructs we we don't find these naturally occurring that's not the reality that we're seeing that's not what the evidence says that's not what, that's not what's really in our blood our genes that's not what's going on they started pushing that so slowly but surely it gained traction in the scientific community and then in uh, 1998 the American Anthropological Association just came out with a formal statement and said. You know, races are not real. Biological mm. categories of humans do not exist. These are cultural categories, and they cause tremendous harm, so we need to start recognizing them for what they are. And the physical, the Society of Physical Anthropologists did the same thing. So it's really, unfortunately, the rest of humanity hasn't gotten the memo yet. Yeah. Most people still believe in biological races, and that's very harmful. That's why I wrote this book. Yep. I wanted to make, you know, a really easy-to-understand case does the reality of racism.
5: Does gender reflect any of the same issues? Uh, that is, cultural gender description versus biological one? Or is that an entirely different matter? Yeah, well,
6: it. It all over. It depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking about racism, there's huge carryover with sexism that kind of stuff. One thing I always bring up because whenever you you know you hit people with this idea, that races are not real. They you know they cringe and say, "What are you crazy?" I mean, obviously races are real, and they uh, many people will immediately suspect that it's some sort of political correctness or some mm-hmm. sort of bizarre liberal agenda you're trying to <laughs> unfold on them. And it's you know nothing could be further from the truth. It's about what's real an example I give is that you know yeah i'm i'm against racism but that's not why I say biological races don't make sense because i you know by the same token i am against sexism i'm against discriminating against women but I don't deny that there are Biological differences between men and women that are universal throughout the species. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't try to deny that. You know, so this is this is really. It doesn't matter what your politics are. It, none of that matters. What, what, even if you're a racist, if you're if you're determined, say if you're a white guy and you're determined to hate black people, I would encourage you that if you can't overcome that that. Uh, hate within you, I would at least encourage you to make it more sensible and logical and hate black people because they belong to a cultural category you don't like (laughs) rather than a biological category.
5: Exactly. So even if people do identify as a racial minority uh, and they look at this from a cultural perspective, I mean, you have no problem with that. If if you identify with the racial majority, I guess you can do that, although it generally ends up poorly.
6: Yeah, yeah. see, this is interesting because if we do, do, and hopefully we will, if we do all clue into the fact that biological races don't make sense, we're still going to have the problem of racism because cultural races are still going to exist for quite a while. And if not, we don't call them races. We'll have some kind of cultural groups that are always butting heads. That's going to go on indefinitely, I don't know, maybe forever. But I think if we lessen the impact of these cultural categories by better understanding our evolutionary past, and the reality of who we are today, then I think we can at least uh, possibly, potentially get along a little better. That's that's
5: my hope. Uh, my neighbor is the guy who uh, did the Human Genome Project. He's possibly the only government employee ever to bring in a program on time, in fact, before time and under budget. There's no, in the Human Genome Project, nobody found a race gene. I suppose people thought maybe it was there, but it turns out not to be the case.
6: Oh yeah, you know you yeah you won't you can't because if you know if if we did fi- if we do try to find some sort of genetic basis in hum- to to create human categories maybe we can but if we do I guarantee there will be th- these categories will be nothing like what everyday people today think of as racist. You're not going to find a gene that somehow separates something called black people from the rest of humanity you're not going to find a gene that separates something called white people from the rest of humanity mm-hmm. it just will not work because for example you know what, what you end up doing is probably have thousands of races you know <laughs> based sure. on some little markers where you somehow isolate their their little gene pools but even then you're going to have bleed over it's, it's like you know one scientist said it's like
5: cutting soup it's a pointless <laughs> exercise cutting soup a pointless exercise um... Earth is 4.5 billion years old. The first land animals uh, kind of evolved uh, sometime about 400 million years ago. Um, when and where did the first human-like, let's call it a thing, appear? Yeah, Africa.
6: The, uh, today's best evidence all points to Africa. That's where the first hominids rose. That's where, you know, in, in a sense, in America we have a category of people called African Americans. But pretty much every American is an African American. It just depends on how far back you want to trace your you trace your ancestry. You know, you're, you know, you very you're you're a white guy according yep. to society's labels, yep. but you are technically an African American because if I trace your family line back far enough, we're going to find probably some, some you know couple in East Africa who. They each other across the savanna and fell in love mm-hmm. and had little babies that eventually led to you. So, so in other words, yeah, the, well,
5: the latest evidence is not that in Africa something is happening, and in Asia something is happening, and in, uh, I don't know, Alaska something's happening. That's not the way it occurred, to the best well, of scientific knowledge. Well, I don't know knowledge. what you mean
6: by something's happening, because the, the, the story is more complex. Mm-hmm. And just saying we all come from Africa right, because right. you know uh, early humans, modern humans developed in Africa. First modern humans were about 200,000 years ago, and we moved out, or some of us moved out of Africa. Some states we expanded out, but there were already hominids in Europe, and Asia, okay? And right. those either interbred or just faded away. Like, for example, now, we're pretty sure that yep. uh, non-African modern humans have some small percentage of Neanderthal DNA. They didn't just Go extinct and vanish. Right. You know there was interbreeding that took place, so you know the the, the human story. I, I love that it's it's constantly Indeed. unfolding. We're learning more and more all the time because it just tells us more about who we are, and it tells us how rich our story is. And the idea of biological races actually degrades the human story. It cheapens. Absolutely. it. it Absolutely. Yeah, it, it makes it uh, just shallow, and it does a disservice yeah. to all of
5: us. Yeah, that's what, I mean, one of the great things about Race and Reality, Guy Harrison's book that we're talking about, is it does tell this big, beautiful story. Big, beautiful story. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about genetics, and we're going to talk about, uh, well, the, the issue of the challenge between figuring out what is genetic and what is environmental about all of us. We'll be back on Culture Shocks
0: we Every month, Americans United for Separation of Church and State publishes an award-winning magazine called Church and State. It exposes efforts by the so-called religious right to eat away at the core principles of religious freedom. Should your tax dollars fund expensive private religious schools and cut back funding for your local public schools? Should government bureaucrats get back in the business of writing unity prayers for your children to recite at school? Should we teach good, solid science or replace it with religious messages about intelligent design should special interest groups force your school library to take popular books from the Harry Potter series to Judy Blume novels off the shelves these are the issues explored every month in Church and State magazine to learn more go to www.au.org Americans United fights to protect and promote the constitutional principle of church state separation for more information please call us at 1-800-875-3707
2: go. It's like nothing else on Earth. From the Romans through the Renaissance, from the Industrial Age to the Space Age, gold has weathered the test of time. For 6,000 years, gold has remained the ultimate store of wealth. According to the World Gold Council and the U.S. Mint, demand is at an all-time high. The stage is being set for the reemergence of gold as the common-sense alternative to a fiat paper currency that gets weaker every day. Midas Resources is proud to offer the hard-hitting report that arms you with the truth you need to protect you and your family from the Fed's plans for your hard-earned money. Don't gamble with your future. Call Midas Resources today and ask for your free copy of As Good As Gold. Call 1-800-686-2237 for the report the Fed hopes you'll never see. As Good As Gold can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. If you have ever thought about owning gold, you must read this report. Call Midas today at 800-686-2237. You store guns, ammo, and food and water. But do you store peace of mind when it
1: comes to your firearms? Now you can with Duracoat. The last thing anyone needs is a firearm that won't work when you need it most. Improve the factory finish and Duracoat your firearms once for a lifetime of protection against rust and corrosion. And Duracoat also protects against water, salt water, mud, grime, or whatever nature throws at you. The Duracoat Shake and Spray Finishing Kit has everything you need to finish a complete firearm for just thirty four ninety five. No need for an airbrush or other spray equipment, Just degrease, then spray on DuraCoat and let dry for a lifetime of protection. DuraCoat is the simplest and most user-friendly firearm finish you can buy. Use DuraCoat on knives, camping equipment, or anything metal, plastic, or wood you want to protect from the elements. Call 800-830-6677 or visit DuraCoat.net. Spell D-U-R-A-C-O-A-T.net. DuraCoat, the finest firearm finish on the planet.
4: it comes, another cold and flu season. Get ready for it and save now during the pre-winter sale at HerbalHealer.com Don't be without powerful natural flu fighters like Elderberry Power Capsules. They support the immune system and they have antiviral properties. Another powerful antiviral is Olive Leaf Capsules, highly recommended by Herbal Healer Academy. Also on sale is Physician Strength Oregosilin, a savior for the lungs. It fights bacteria, virus and fungus. Our famous Four herb capsules are a gentle liver cleanser and can be taken daily. Also featured this winter are the homeopathic detoxes, liver, kidney, lung, lymph, whole body, and brain detox on sale. And remember, as always, new customers get a free 128-page catalog with your order. Log on and hit the pre-winter specials at HerbalHealer.com. Healing the world with nature, one person at a time, since 1988.
1: shocks with Barry Lynn is heard on the Genesis communication network
5: We are back, and uh, you're listening to Culture Shocks. I'm your host, Barry Lynn. Guy Harrison's my guest. Uh, Race and Reality, the book, What Everyone Should Know About Our Biological Diversity. The first thing is we're really diverse. That is to say we have elements in a broad sense of uh, elements that make it literally impossible to say nothing of useless to think of race as something that is biologically determined and obvious. It is better to say, yeah, race might have some function as a cultural explanation or description, but it ain't what biology tells us. Guy, I think we're... We humans, um, I'm speaking for myself at least, because I I often feel similar to a chimpanzee, particularly in the morning when I wake up, we have like 99.1% of the same DNA as uh, chimps. Should we actually be rethinking the concept of species?
7: Yeah, well...
6: Scientists always are rethinking yeah. the concept of the species because the, the technical definition is just uh, a species is a life form that will mate naturally uh, and have a fertile offspring. Okay, mm-hmm. but the thing is, it gets really mushy, it gets fuzzy, it gets really difficult because some things can mate but don't, some things mate but wouldn't if we didn't impose it, and we, you know, the the, the, pro, the as far as it relates to race we have never had anything close to a subspecies in thousands of years probably the last subspecies something that might i guess you could say is another human race would be maybe the neanderthals but mm-hmm. but even then now we have evidence that we did Interbreed with them. We mated with Neanderthals. Yep. So, should we even call them a different species? I'm not yeah. sure. Maybe that needs to be rethought. So, the, the whole idea, you know, in anthropology, they say it's always lumpers versus splitters. You know, do you, do you want to put everything <laughs> put together, together or do you want to kind of split hairs and pull it apart? And it's just kind of a personal preference, I guess.
5: Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of personal preferences based on lies, deceit, fraud, and a misunderstanding of human nature, including biology, uh, you quote at the beginning of uh, each of your chapters as some. Good and some incredibly stupid comments on the subject of race, including from one Ted Bilbo. Theodore Bilbo was, sadly to say, both the uh, governor of the state of Mississippi and uh, also senator from Mississippi for a while. Here's what he once said. The Negro has had just as long as the white man to develop a civilization of his own. Thousands and tens of thousands of years have passed, and the black man has not lifted his people from the darkness of Africa. If the white and black races are equal in ability then why have they not produced equal civilizations well he asked the question luckily now by looking at uh, research in latin america in australia we kind of have an answer to that and in a nutshell what is it yeah
6: the, the, i'm very i'm always I always give this disclaimer before i launch into this history is a very complex thing and i've You know, my academic background is in history as well as anthropology, and I had it drummed into me that you've got to be careful about simple answers to complex questions because you'll end up sounding like an idiot. So I'm always careful about <laughs> that. Okay? But real quick, for purposes of radio, um, Jared Diamond's done, a lot, done some good work on this and brought uh, to light in the general public how environmental differences among indigenous people thousands of years ago gave some regions of the world huge advantages over others. And it, it could be a big coincidence, but I don't think so. And it, the people in Eurasia had a tremendous head start, huge advantage over the rest of the world because they had more animal species that were easily domesticated and they had a a large number of wild grasses that were easily domesticated you know wheat so they could make more food whereas people that were living in australia the americas the caribbean completely different story africa completely different story and you say "Well, well hold on africa had Hippos and lions and giraffes. Why didn't they domesticate those? Yeah. But the thing is, not every species can be easily domesticated. And there's a difference between taming and domesticating. Domesticating means you've actually fundamentally sure. changed that species. You know, it's not like taming it for the circus or something. So, and still today, nobody has. You know, nobody's plowing the fields with hippos in Africa or anything. Yeah. Not even white people could do that. Okay, no, no. so I don't think it's easily done. But the fact is, it it, it does offer a very compelling explanation for why history sorted out the way it did, and I think while that may not be conclusive and might not be the only answer, I think it makes more sense than simply coming down on the side of saying well white people are just smarter and that's why exactly. they had the ships and the guns yeah, and
5: I, yeah I want to tell people in the book I mean you, you look at these grasses what you're looking for in agricultural grasses that is you're looking for big seeds you're not tiny little seeds big seeds and the distribution is so unequal it's kind of like the animal distribution it is simply not the same environment although I will point out uh a guy that my wife did once cook a hippopotamus when she was oh, wow. in, when she was in Kenya. So uh, it can that's about as domesticated as you can get. Turn you okay. into a steak. Okay. Last week on this show, we chatted with a man who has just written a book about searching for a lost tribe in the Amazon. Now, very importantly, he's searching. He was searching to help determine that it existed and what its general geographical boundaries was without any human contact. Human Human contact can be disastrous because diseases that Europeans might have or even people from another part of South America might have, Uh, may have no natural immunity in some of these really, really segregated in a very small area tribes. Same with boatloads of Spaniards, for example, take out the whole native population of North America, not necessarily because they're more sophisticated, but because, among other things, they bring diseases that native people can't handle.
6: Exactly. That's part of the whole thing with the head start, because once they had the head start, which was probably due to their just good fortune of geography in Eurasia, having the uh, the plants and the animals that were favorable to civilization, they were the first to have big cities that had animals and humans living in close quarters together. They're exposed to all these diseases, because many of the most deadly diseases in history came from animals. They evolved out of animals jumping jumped mm-hmm. to humans. And what happens is, Europeans Asians developed uh, resistance to many of these diseases and so when they came across to the Americas the Caribbean Australia they brought these diseases and these populations were just vulnerable because they didn't have the exposure to them the way the Europeans did and and that you know I think that did more than anything to give Europeans the military edge i mean it seems dramatic and fancy to say you know you imagine pizarro with his metal helmet and breastplate right. and his sword you know conquering the native people and all but the fact is the disease was the the, the conquering wave that invaded was the disease and many times the uh, the spaniards would come upon villages sure. that had been wiped out months ahead Before they even got there, because Indians that were exposed to them then traveled back to their villages, and it spread that way as they did trade and stuff.
5: Yeah, and of course, we we kind of learned it that way, and then we continued to use it. That is, as conquerors moved west, we decided, hmm, biological weapons, and that's why we sold or gave, in a few cases, out of the goodness of our hearts, blankets infected with smallpox to native people as we moved west. Now, when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with Guy Harris, His book is Race and Reality, What Everyone Should Know About Our Biological Diversity. And in a tongue-in-cheek way, we'll chat about white men can't jump. Remember the movie Wesley Snipes could jump? Uh, Woody Harrelson, not so much. Turns out that may be more myth than reality. We'll be back right here on Culture Shocks. I'm Barry Lynn.
0: Every month, Americans United for Separation of Church and State publishes an award-winning magazine called Church and State. It exposes efforts by the so-called religious right to eat away at the core principles of religious freedom. Should your tax dollars fund expensive private religious schools and cut back funding for your local public schools? Should government bureaucrats get back in the business of writing unity prayers for your children to recite at school? Should we teach good, solid science or replace it with religious messages? about intelligent design. Should special interest groups force your school library to take popular books from the Harry Potter series to Judy Blume novels off the shelves? These are the issues explored every month in Church and State Magazine. To learn more, go to www.au.org. Americans United fights to protect and promote the constitutional principle of church-state separation. For more information, please call us at 1-800-875-3707.
1: Thank if you're considering a water filter, have you heard about Aquapail? Aquapail from freeze dry guy.com has huge advantages over many other water filters. American made Aquapel units are designed and engineered to not just filter contaminated water, but capture or kill all bacteria and viruses to non detectable levels. Aquapel has the fastest flow rate of any other water filter on the market, filtering a gallon of contaminated water in about five minutes. That's water when you need it. Now, get the world's fastest, safest, and most Most reliable gravity fed portable water treatment system for surface, well, and wastewater sources. Aquapail. Available in four sizes starting at only $100. In all orders to the lower 48, ship free. Call 866 404 3663 or go to freezedryguy.com. That's 866 404 3663 or freezedryguy.com. 100% veteran owned. The Freeze Dry Guy.
5: All right, we're talking about a terrific new book here on uh, culture shocks called Race and Reality by our friend Guy Harrison. What everyone should know about our biological diversity. Maybe we culturally think of ourselves as people who are Hispanic Americans or Caucasian Americans, but race is about culture. It's not about biology. Uh, in its kind of tongue-in-cheek way, this is an irony alert, folks. Uh, don't it's not take this too seriously until you've listened to at least the next nine minutes white men can't jump the name of that movie with wesley snipes and, and woody harrelson the truth of the matter is uh, yes actually they can and and white women can jump and we know that because we look at evidence of who are the highest jumpers you know who's doing the highest high jumps and white men tend to be in the Top category, white women in the same top category. African American women, not as high. Therefore, white men can jump. Of course, guy. The truth of the matter is, among many other fallacies with that kind of thinking, is, yeah, there are fewer people, since there are fewer African Americans, say, in the United States, than there are white people, again, culturally speaking. It makes sense there aren't as many competitors in high jump, and as a consequence, there's not an equal opportunity to be in the top tier. But there's more to it than that.
6: Yeah, I, I wouldn't even say it's about opportunity. It's it's more of uh they don't care if they'd rather be in the NBA probably. It's a cultural thing. And you know, worldwide it's not just that uh black high jumpers haven't fared as well. They've been pretty much no shows. Look at the Olympic uh record for two hundred for two centuries, I think only about three or four high jump gold medalists, males have been non white. Yeah. So the question is, you know, why can't black men jump? What's wrong with them? <laughs> you know, that's that should be the question, right? If... We are going to look at sports results and draw conclusions about biological categories of millions of people, which is what people do all the time when they watch sports. Well, now, here's the question.
5: Here's the way I'd phrase that question. What's the significance of sorting out truth from fiction when it comes to race and athletics? You could say, well, okay, there's some interesting new numbers. So what?
6: No, it's it's very important. Sports is not trivial because millions, billions of people around the world take sports very seriously. They watch it as either casual fans or very passionate fans, and they draw conclusions about themselves and the rest of humanity. When they see uh, dark-skinned runners standing up on top of the podium at the Olympic Games after the 10,000 meters, they draw conclusions about uh, the athletic ability of races, they 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 say, and then this carries over to you know. Well, if we see the NBA dominated by dark-skinned athletes, and we see all the winners in uh, the Nobel for the Nobel Prize in Physics as uh, light-skinned uh, people, then what's going on? I guess some races are smart, and some races are just more physical and athletic, right? And this reinforces this. this This destructive belief. And when you get to it, the fact is, everything that we see in sports, okay, regardless of what our intuition may be and what we've been led to believe by society, everything we see can be explained by culture. It's about motivation, opportunity, and it's also about confirmation bias. When we observe these things, we remember the things that fit our beliefs and we forget the things that don't. For example, the the Olympic decathlon event is supposed to determine the world's greatest athlete, right? Well, guess what? It's been dominated by white athletes for centuries. Yep. You know, I mean but we forget that. And we'll watch a football game and we see all the running backs and wide receivers are black, therefore blacks are the greatest athletes in the world. And the thing is I say I'm quick to say that this belief in racial superiority, you know, in sports it has been very damaging to black people in America because it's, for one, it's very insulting. Sure. Because you take a guy like Magic Johnson or Michael Jordan and you say, "Wow, they're great black players," and you insinuate, or you say right mm-hmm. up front, "They're great because they're black," or right. that at least has a lot to do with sure. it. Sure. But that's not, that's not, that's not accurate or honest or fair to them because, you know, anybody who knows the NBA knows Michael Jordan is was widely known as one of the hardest workers in the league. He practiced all the time obsessively. Magic Johnson picked up a basketball when he was five years old and practiced hours every day before the school bus picked him up in the mornings. Okay? These are not... Why would anybody think these are born athletes that just rolled out of the crib and were great because of their skin color or something? Yeah, and I also think They worked. They earned it. Yeah,
5: and I think it's also insulting in another way and damaging in another way because even in the best of, of the schools, public and private in this c- uh, country, I believe, and my experience with my own kids was, there's a tendency... Let's say you have your daughter is good in math and in English. She is going to get more reinforced enforcement about english that's a great poem than about the fact that she figured out the quadratic equation earlier than uh, she was supposed to because there is this cultural stereotype bias which i assume also relates to race and athletics if somebody says well you know i he probably wants to play basketball Uh, uh, he maybe doesn't have to do this well in a history test i mean i think those kind of subtle things have enormously negative impacts
6: yeah, just in, I'm not that old, and just in my lifetime, I, I can remember a time when the concept of a black quarterback in the NFL was weird and foreign, and for some reason, they just couldn't play the position, and it was ridiculous, and now, now if you ask a, a 15-year-old kid about that, they would think it's nuts you of know course. they would say what are you talking about if but you ask that was the reality yeah it was common sense in the 1970s sure. that blacks were running backs and wide receivers they didn't play quarterback they just couldn't yep i mean it's nonsense
5: yeah, yeah. Uh, except for rush limbaugh who pro- probably still feels the same way about donovan <laughs> McNabb that he did when he first got into trouble about that before he got into trouble uh, dismissing a 52 percent of america as sluts and prostitutes um i want to turn to race-based medicine let's get a start on this. Uh, we had a guest from the Institute for Healthcare Improvement who said the best kind of work that is being done is to drill down the farthest to try to figure out in a rational way what uh, drugs, what treatments actually work for individuals of a different of different kinds. Maybe drug A works better for persons with a certain kind of uh, genetic uh, Genetic inclination uh, than it does for uh, for drug B, Uh, and it's helpful to know that. The more that we know about it, the more we know about the outcomes of various medical interventions. The better we're going to be in creating specific treatments for specific patients. But doesn't that also go with race? What, for example, if if we determined that just something like pigmentation, skin pigmentation, uh, which does code, as I understand it, for for, for genetics uh, to some degree, uh, I mean a substantial degree, I think, uh, that maybe drug A works in, if you think about drug A, it works better for people with a darker pigmentation than people with a lighter pigmentation. That's just one of the many things we need to drill down to to get truly patient-focused medicine. What's wrong with that?
6: Well, my, you're right. My, your guess was right. But my advice is drill right past race, keep going, and get down to the individual. That's where you want to be, the, the immediate family and the individual. That's what you want to base treatment like this on, because biological race categories are just too sloppy and inconsistent and illogically constructed to base something as important as health treatment on. I'll give you a real quick example. Barack Obama, okay, if he was not the U.S. president. He was just some Chicago lawyer. He goes Mm -hmm. into his doctor's office. He's having some kind of health problem. The doctor probably would would just, you know, assume he's a black guy. He wouldn't even go further into it. might not be polite to question him about his race. You just look at him and you assume that he's black. He probably checks that on his forms anyway, okay? Here's the problem. Barack Obama's father is an East African. Okay, his mother is a European white American. Yes. Now, Barack Obama, as a black American man, which he is, he's an African American. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's what he checks on the forums probably. His doctor would just assume he is. He's going to, if we're in a race based world with race based medicine, which is coming, some pharmaceutical companies have it on the pipeline and they want to push it, he would prescribe for him a race based medicine that has been targeted for the African American population. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think anybody could be further from the African-American no, population of no. Barack Obama. No, absolutely. Yeah, no, because Af- Africa has yeah, so much genetic yeah. diversity that a, exactly. a West African, which is where most African-Americans yeah, Americans yeah. face
5: there. You, you want to yeah, get, Guy, to, to the most specific information you can get, and that transcends race. I'll, I'll be back in just a minute. More with race and reality.
0: Every month, Americans United for Separation of Church and State publishes an award-winning magazine called Church and State. It exposes efforts by the so-called religious right to eat away at the core principles of religious freedom. Should your tax dollars fund expensive private religious schools and cut back funding for your local public schools? Should government bureaucrats get back in the business of writing unity prayers for your children to recite at school? Should we teach good, solid science or replace it with religious Messages about intelligent design. Should special interest groups force your school library to take popular books from the Harry Potter series to Judy Bloom novels off the shelves? These are the issues explored every month in Church and State magazine. To learn more, go to www.au.org. Americans United fights to protect and promote the constitutional principle of church-state separation. For more information, please call us at 1-800-875-3707.
4: Vote for radio. You know, right now, so many people are trying to get themselves elected. Not a day goes by I don't see a billboard or get a mailer or a flyer or receive a phone call from a politician of some sort. All politicians have something to say, so why don't they say it? That's right. Say it. Here on the radio. That way, voters could hear the emotion in their voices and hear the passion they might have to serve the public as an elected official. You know what, politicians and campaign managers? Radio can do that for you here on GCN the Genesis Communications Network you can target voters with an affordable radio campaign that might help you get elected by using a medium where your competition may not be radio and advertising on GCN is more affordable than you might think learn more visit GCNlive.com then shoot us an email advertise at GCNlive.com that's advertise at GCNlive.com vote for radio This is your call to action. Will you survive? Learn how to survive at the biggest preparedness expo in the USA. The Get Prepared Expo. Over 175 seminars and exhibits. Survival medicine. Survival gardening. Growing heirloom seeds. Negotiating for your life. Surviving violent climate change. Radiation survival. Economic collapse. Disease prevention. Raising bees, rabbits, and chickens for food. Defending your home and family. Surviving tornadoes. Water filtration and purification. Build buckets of storable food. Ask yourself, are you prepared for solar storms, nuclear meltdown. Dollar collapse. Skyrocketing food and fuel prices. Earthquakes. Tornadoes. Where is your plan? Get Prepared Expo. Saturday and Sunday, November 3rd and 4th. Ozark Empire Fairgrounds. Springfield, Missouri. Meet USA Prepares Vincent Finelli, Dr. Norman Shealy. Dr. Joel Wallach. Matt Stein. The Freeze Dry Guy. Missouri Storm Shelters. Jeff and Karen Olson. And over 50 more instructors. $8 one-day and $15 weekend passes available online now. GetPreparedExpo.com. Will you survive? GetPreparedExpo.com.
8: Are you storing food? Prepared families are storing food for months and years, but only have enough fuel stored for days or weeks. Stretch your fuel storage by harnessing the power of the sun with a sun oven. Food can be baked, boiled, or steamed at temperatures of 360 to 400 degrees with the power of the sun. You can use the sun for 50 to 80 percent of your cooking, allowing you to preserve your fuel storage for rainy days. Sun-baked foods stay moister and have less shrinkage and do not burn. Sun-baked roasts are tastier and more succulent. And sun-baked bread has unparalleled taste and texture. Water can be heated in a sun oven for purification or personal hygiene. For the past 26 years, sun ovens have been proudly made in the U.S. They're durable, have a long life, and come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Don't be fooled by cheap imitations. For a discount coupon, visit sunoven.com forward slash radio. That's sunoven.com forward slash radio.
1: Now back to Culture Shocks with Barry Lynn on the Genesis Communication Network.
5: of today's conversation with Guy Harrison, the author of Race and Reality. I do want to clarify something. I don't want anybody from the Institute for Healthcare Improvement to think that uh, anyone speaking on their behalf was suggesting race-based medicine. It wasn't. It was just an example that I was uh, chatting with Guy about about the notion that the more we drill down to the specifics and we don't make these global conclusions like, oh yeah, we did a study and it turns out you know people can go right after childbirth uh, home in 48 hours, well, maybe there's some subset of people for whom that's not a good idea. The more we know about the subsets, the more we know about the individuals, the better medicine is going to be practiced, and then that's really what uh, what, what we're getting at. Uh, Guy, uh, why did... Intermarriage laws, that is, laws prohibiting persons, again, at the time they were thought of as biologically different races. Why did it take so long, till 1967, for Loving versus Virginia's great Supreme Court case to say Virginia's laws against intermarriage based on, quote, race, unquote, were unconstitutional? And that caused the fall of it in Tennessee and a couple other states that had similar laws. Why so long? Just sheer racism? Or or more? complex than that.
6: It, yeah, I don't think it's, it's uh, everybody's got a heavy dose of evil in them walking around and that's why these things last. I think it's the uh, momentum of tradition, it's mm-hmm. culture, and I think it won't just go away on its own necessarily. That. People who have figured things out need to speak up and share the knowledge with others so that we can just chip away at this stuff and, and have a more realistic, honest, and better world for all. You know, that's why I wrote this book. I mean, because so many people today, good people, well-meaning people, still think that that, that, that two humans who are in different races are so fundamentally different biologically and, and have such different potential and ability mm-hmm. that they shouldn't come together and they shouldn't produce children. And this is just completely insane thinking that's based on no good evidence. No. But yet millions of people believe it. And that's why, you know, you have to keep spreading the word and just change the course of culture here and, 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 exactly. and end the traditions that don't make sense.
5: No, I'll tell you, when I started doing radio in the 1980s and and it was usually in one of these pro/con formats. You know, all a la crossfire. Uh, there was a huge debate about IQ and intelligence, and in the several books that uh, were written at the time that uh, tried to make some uh, malarkey. I would call it out of some studies about. IQ Uh, is this fair guy IQ gaps are still real that is on traditional measurements of intelligence there is still a gap between again those defined as Caucasian and those as African American but the gap is closing and that the evidence for any genetic support for this difference is not really present
6: Yeah, absolutely. No one has proven the case that we have biological groups of people called races that are fundamentally innately different intellectually. Nobody's done that. All they've been able to do is point to cultural groups called races and say, well, look, this group over here doesn't do as well as this group over there. And then they leap to the unwarranted conclusion that it must be based on their genes and their flawed blood and all this kind of stuff. There's nothing to it. I mean, I have a whole chapter on this, and I looked into it deeply. Deeply. And it's, it's, it just really makes you shake your head and wonder, like, well, what, you know, how low must the IQ be of the people who push this stuff? To believe? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Because, you know, for one, one thing, I, I, I reviewed many studies, and one, for example, found that, you know, Asians in America, they're doing so well academically. They're making such good scores. They're scoring so well on intelligence tests. What's going on with Asians? Wow, they are the chosen people. What is going on in their DNA? Well, guess what? They study a lot more than yeah. white people, black people, and Hispanic people in America. And their families tend to be more um, involved in their schools and more demanding. Well, gee, imagine that. The, the kids who study longer and harder and have more family support tend to do better in school. Wow. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
5: yeah. You, you don't even have to have Tiger Mother we've chatted with. Yeah. Uh time. Yeah, uh, uh, how do you study though? How do you study IQ if IQ tests are routinely determined to be, um, shall we say, skewed in regard to both class and therefore race? I mean, how do you how do you find the definitive conclusion that that you and I have just been talking about as if it were absolutely definitive if the way we test isn't any good?
6: Um, well, first of all, what are you trying to find? What definitive measure are you trying to find, and well, why are you trying point. to find it? What, why are you point. trying to put group against group? Is, would be my question to somebody yep. who's coming up trying to do that. Why, you know, first of all, first of all, justify your groups. Why, why is um, Barack Obama in this group of black people when he's got a white mother? If, yep. if, if your race, if your group, your race group here is based on biology and kinship, why is Barack Obama in a different race than his own mother? the, the woman who gave birth to him you know he sure. can't be more closely related to her than anybody else but yet they're in different races what's going on with that you know why is he over in this category you know that's just a little example but there's so there's so many problems with iq you know um, quick thing uh, kenya there's one widely just disseminated uh, result of IQ tests in Kenya says there's something like 72, and many racist websites and people point to that and go, mm-hmm. oh, you know, this is what's wrong with Africa. They'll never be any, you know, they'll never accomplish anything. Look at this, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, 72 is, uh, I think, borderline mentally retarded. Okay, on the scale of actual mental ability and health and all that. And I've been to Kenya, and trust me, not—you know it's not a population of mentally handicapped people, course, mentally yeah. challenged people. It's not. It's ridiculous. It depends on what you're measuring, who's measuring it, and it depends on trillions, an infinite variety, just a completely impossible to count set of factors that lead that person being tested to that, test, that moment of testing.
5: Yeah, when you were in and, Kenya, you didn't. You didn't eat any of that hippopotamus that my wife is cooking, did you? No, I missed no, okay.
6: that. No, yeah. sorry.
5: Well, well, then why do we do IQ testing? Mean, it raises an issue slightly beyond the book, but, I mean, why do we well, attempt to define it at all if it's not, even, it's not useful? We should no, be... there is a
6: use. There is, what? there is What's a use the system, use? And that, that is they do have some predictive value. If I have a company and I can have a little standardized test that gives me an mm-hmm. idea of who might succeed in this particular position and who might not, that can be very useful you know and the SAT test is great for, you know, if somebody makes a seven on a 700 on the SAT test, they're probably not going to succeed at Harvard. They're probably not, okay? If they make a 1600, they probably got a good shot at doing well at Harvard. You can make those assumptions. That's a useful test. But when you then try to extrapolate these results and spread them out over millions of people and draw conclusions about gigantic populations based on their ancestry that stretches back thousands of years, you have just completely, like, danced into la-la land and yeah but well,
5: wait a minute to go back to the sat those yeah. two have been criticized for cultural bias in other words if somebody you know in these highly competitive schools i mean yeah, but lord school, knows but,
6: but the school is culturally biased too so you're if you're yeah. men, you yeah. you may have a kid from the ghetto who is an absolute genius but if he doesn't know about yachts and how tennis courts are laid out and you test him <laughs> on that he's going to look average or mediocre or worse But that doesn't mean he doesn't have a great brain. That's right. And so so a kid may do poorly on a test who's brilliant, but yet he would still fail at Harvard because he... he wasn't uh, exposed to those kind of things, didn't come up in the appropriate environment for that kind of uh, academic setting.
5: Yeah, uh, and I take it that twin studies that you talk about, I'm fascinated about them in regards to gender and classifications and raising gay or lesbian children, uh, the twin studies also would would make it clear in general that we're talking about differences that are Cultural, that are environmental that have very little to do with human biology Is yeah very... yeah, but you 've got to be careful yep. because now
6: you know we 're learning so much about genes all the time that now we know that it 's not really a clear cut case of nurture versus nature right. the way we always kind of thought it was, because the genes may be there, but they have to be activated, they have to be turned on, mm-hmm. and so if they 're not, you may you may be. Genetically blessed all the way, but if, yep. the, if the genes are not stimulated, yep. the opportunity is not there. Things will not happen for you. That's right. And, and likewise, you might you might have a medioc you might be dealt a mediocre set of you know a mediocre set sure. of genes, but with with great opportunity, great motivation. Uh, great support, one can achieve great things.
5: Exactly. This is a really fine book and a very challenging uh, book for people who think they know everything there is to know about race, but maybe haven't followed some of the latest anthropology, some of the latest biology, some of the myths that do, in fact, persist. That, By the way, myths persist is very difficult to say. Race and Reality is the book, Guy Harrison, published by our friends at Prometheus Books. What everyone should know about our biological diversity. Knowledge is power, and it's a powerful way to combat the crime of racism that still exists. We'll be back tomorrow for more, right here on Culture Shocks. I'm Barry Lynn.
1: This edition of Culture Shocks has been produced by Diane Robinson, engineered by Dwayne Davis, and the Genesis Communication Network technical staff. Visit us online at cultureshocks.com.
3: Are you or someone that you love struggling to reclaim your health? My name is Matthew David Hurtado, CEO of rnadrops.com. In 2008, I struggled with chronic fatigue syndrome, PTSD, and Lyme's. I thought that all hope was gone as I lost everything in the process. In 2009, a miracle happened. I discovered ion and RNA drops. Two months after taking RNA drops, the chronic fatigue and the PTSD had vanished into thin air. I'd like to invite you to discover RNA drops by visiting www.RNAFreeMini.com today. That's RNAFreeMini.com today. Listen to hours of testimonials and get a free trial bottle. Pay only Shipping and handling by visiting www.rnafreemini.com. Or give us a call at one 550
8: 8231 That's 888-550-8231. Hurry, supplies are limited.
1: Hey
4: everybody, it's Deuce
1: from Clark's Nutrition and Natural Foods Market. Have you ever noticed that the word change is found in the word challenge? We have, and that's why we have the highest trained and most understanding staff around. They will assist you in picking out the freshest produce, finding the perfect supplement, or figuring out which cereal has the most fiber. Whatever you need to turn your challenges into change. Clark's, changing the way you shop for health day by day.
4: You're on board KCAA's Inland Talk Express. KCAA,
10: Loma Linda, 1050 AM. The station that needs no listener behind. And now for some happy talk. By which I mean a non-corporate, little d democratic, and altogether pleasurable economic development that's spreading across our country. In a word, beer. More specifically, craft breweries are flourishing from Maine to Oregon, with happy hopheads in town after town now able to boast of their own local, unique, zesty, and fun batch of suds. While Anheuser-Busch, now owned by a German conglomerate, and Miller Coors, partially owned by Canadians, still dominate America's beer market, sales of the nondescript national brands have soured in recent years. But innovative small-batch hometown yeast wranglers have tapped a burgeoning market of brewski lovers who are reaching for the real gusto. Since 2004, craft beers have doubled their share of the U.S. market. Some 250 upstart breweries opened last year alone, bringing their total number to nearly 2,000. This has been a true populist economic phenomenon. Consumers and artisans have found each other and spontaneously created an alternative locally-based economy that helps sustain themselves and their community, rather than having their money siphoned out by faraway profit-takers. Of course, the big boys are slyly trying to sink their own taps into the craft success of the small guys. Budweiser and Miller, for example, are now marketing pretend craft beers, having bought such once-local brands as Chicago's Goose Island and Wisconsin's Leinenkugel. Unabashed by this consumer deception, however, a Miller spokesman sniffed, We don't concern ourselves with what someone else defines as a craft brewer. Wow, sounds like Miller's man quaffed one too many mugs of a genuine local beer from San Diego called Arrogant Bastard. This is Jim Hightower saying, when in doubt about whether a local beer is really local, ask the locals. You're on board KCAA's Inland Talk Express.
4: KCAA, Homelinda, 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind.
2: It's like a battlefield. There's a battle for the soul of America. We can't let him tear the kingdom down. This is no game. This is war.
4: Flesh and blood.
2: It's between the good We can't stop until
9: the Trump sound This is war. Not a game we're playing. This is a war.
2: The only question is, which side will you be on? It's time now for A Call to Decision with Pastor Butch Paul. It's
7: Paul, the 23rd day of October 2012. Welcome to the broadcast wherever you are tonight. and so glad to have you with us. You're in for a special broadcast tonight. I haven't had this gentleman on with us for several months now. And his name is Michael Bodea. He's the grandson of Dimitri Dudeman. A man who I think, now listen, folks, I say this very cautiously as far as who referred refer to, but in this case, I I say it with much assurance in my heart that his grandpa, Dimitri Duman, was a true prophet. We're going to discuss some of the prophecies that that Dimitri Duman brought forth several years ago and what I truly believe America is going to be facing in the very near future, so you don't want to miss this, all right? Uh, Before I forget this, I have a very special prayer request tonight. One of our sweet listeners up in Ohio, Kevin, uh, called today. His wife committed suicide yesterday. His wife, Tanya, committed suicide yesterday. And Kevin, of course, was tore up and hurt and full of questions and all manner of emotions. So please keep Kevin in your prayers. Please. I can only imagine what it would be like him home and find your, your, your bride hanging in the basement. I can't even imagine. So, Kevin, your prayers, our prayers are with you. I promise. If I'm doing here to, uh, to help you in any way, you call me, please. And folks, that goes for anybody out there. I'm not, I'm not unapproachable. If you need to talk to me, you call. And let us know. I will call you back, and that's a promise. I will. If you need to talk to me? You just call us at eight hundred seven 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 four four zero three, or three zero four eight four six. 4448. If you can call long distance, save us a nickel. We'd appreciate it. But Kevin, again, I'm so sorry to hear the news. I truly am. Our prayers are with you. And folks, please pray for me. I, 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 please do that. Don't forget that this coming Thursday, there tomorrow, we send out another water filter and a case of food from the freeze dry guy and New Millennium. If you ever in in this already and tell, told us why you need a case of food or why you want a water filter, if you don't do it, it's your own fault. We are here to be a blessing. If you don't let us know, folks, we can't move without your permission, without you asking. Don't be ashamed. Please do so. Let us know. Email us or write us either one. Let us know, please. Don't forget on PastorButch.com or PastorButch.us. You can go on there and watch all hour, the hour and a half of Behold a Pell Horse. For five ninety nine. Now that price is going to change. I promise. I do it quickly. You can watch it in high def. The whole movie. Five ninety nine on PastorButch dot com. Please, please take advantage of that. It's so important that you see that movie. I sincerely mean that. Don't wait another minute. Don't put it off. Go watch Behold a Pale Horse on PastorButch dot com. dot us. And on there you'll find PastorButch TV. If you like what I teaching radio, if you like what I teaching church, or think you want to hear more of it, for 15 cents a day, five ninety-five a month, you can try at least a month of it. If you like it, if you like it, you can sign up for a year for fifty-nine ninety-five. And believe me, folks, it all goes to help pay the bills and pay the bandwidth uh, for that for the site. So we want you to use it. Any way you want to to share with your friends, please. We we mean that. Uh, just do it and just check it out on dot us, and do watch. Behold a pale horse. You'll be glad you did. We're going to break in a second. Bring up a guest, my friends. I think is is a very very important program tonight with this guest. Many people seem not to want to look beyond what's happening in this country news-wise. There are powers behind this, folks. This fulfilling prophecy. That you may want to know, whether you're a Christian or not, you may want to listen. It may enlighten you a few things. Back at the break, don't go away.
2: Satan's army's come to kill. This is war. Satan's army roams the land, seeking souls of fallen men.